Oh, so well, I, I received a feedback from a specific buyer in Indonesia. Uh, they said that music is a bit too dramatic. So let's dun, see if we dun, can find dun. something that's a little bit maybe more optimistic, eh? maybe in line with the dairy market. Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of Dairy Spew. We are happy to be recording our next episode because we had overwhelming support from the community. Now for all the mummies listening to the Dairy Spew, we would like to wish you all a wonderful, belated, happy Mother's Day. Now of course, we have the usual suspects. We have Tom. Hi, Val. Hi, morning. We have Lesmana. Hello, happy Hi. to be here. Hi, and we have Tay as usual. Hi, everyone. Um, so today, we have a very special guest, a Bo from Havero Hogwrecht, who sits in the same office as us. Hello, Bo. Welcome. Let's um, introduce yourself. Hey, thanks, Val. Yeah, hi, everyone. My name is Bo from Havero Hogwrecht. Joined the Singapore office at the start of the year in January and really happy to be here today. I'm a bit more about myself. The product that I'm in charge for would be more towards the specialities, including the whey proteins, milk proteins, such as sodium caseinates, etc. And at the same time, I'm also in charge of the Southeast Asia region. Looking forward to this podcast session. Thank you. Thanks, Bo. So today we're going to be talking about a few interesting topics, the China demand, what it entails, uh, what it means. We are throwing in a GDT predictor. We, we will be discussing our thoughts on whether we think the next week's uh, GDT is going to be up, down, why. Finally, we will have some quick fire questions for the team. If you'd like to contribute any of these questions, shoot us an email and uh, we'll be happy to sort this out. Hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast. So this week, we're going to delve into the topic of uh, Chinese demand. I mean, what's the story? So let's discuss this today. So, Tay, any inputs? Yeah, definitely interesting topic. In fact, most of the conversation with the buyers always say, oh, prices have been so high already. With that, I think prices will, will come down. Since China has been buying so much, I don't think they are likely to buy as much as before. So instead of making this a propaganda session, maybe I just put out some of the, the main evidence that we see and from there, you make your own conclusion. So first of all, um, looking at the Q1 results, China import for skim has been up 34% for Q1 and then for whole milk, they're up 21%. So that's one thing to consider. Actually, one thing to point out is that China has been buying very stable amount of skim. And the volume ranges from 4,100 to 4,900. It has been very stable and so there's no swings. The swing comes from whole milk powder where we see a decrease of 40%. So it's a misconception that China's skim volume has been volatile. So third thing to point out is the local milk prices in China are still very high. So that is likely to spur more imports this year. I think good input by Tay about especially with the analysis of the data, which I think we're happy to share later on. I think the most interesting thing is if you look at um, the increase of Chinese imports, 34% from Oceania, we have to keep in mind that Oceania is the most expensive source of skim, skim milk powder, 
right? So if it's 34% increase from the most expensive region, I can imagine that it's an even higher increase from, from EU, for example. And we are seeing that. And I think that's one of the main reasons why EU prices have been uh, more supported than, than we thought it would be. Having an office uh, in China, PDI, they are reporting week on week that current local market levels are trading above GDT levels. Um, so as long that's the case, then I cannot imagine that stock levels will be uh, that high in China eh? because it, it, it would make sense for me if they have been plusing 34% on skim milk powder from out of New Zealand and also like what Charles just mentioned, uh, other origins uh, have been exporting uh, uh, a lot of skimmed to, uh, to China. But apparently stock levels still are pretty low. If you're trading locally above GDT levels, then that's for me an indicator that stock levels locally are low. So very quickly, guys, um, let's do something fun. Shall we go around and let's tell everybody what is the product by origin that you are most um, bullish about and the product by origin that you're most bearish about? We will start with Charles. I'm going to go for an interesting product, but I think I'm most bearish uh, European cheese. And Mozzarella, be- Edam or Gouda. Similar. <laughs> How about bullish? Bullish, most bullish. Um, from where we're standing today, I would probably say whole milk powder, New Zealand whole milk powder. Nice. And how about you, Tom? Mm, most bearish, um, Fonterra buttermilk high deed stable. There should <laughs> be a correction coming. Most bullish, EU skimmed low spores. And Tay? Uh, most bullish EU buttermilk, most bearish U- U.S. way. Nice. For me, I think I'm most bearish U.S. permeates and uh, most bullish EU skimmed, specifically high heat heat stable. And how about you, Paul? From my side, I would be still bullish on casinates and... I'm still struggling to find some bearish arguments. <laughs> Very nice. That says a lot. <laughs> so positive, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, are we always going to be so bullish on the S&P? I mean, any, any thoughts, guys? Everything looks quite bullish and um, there is more demand than supply at the moment. But then a couple of things to think about as well is that we're hearing that in the EU, we're now past the peak of the flush, right? Um, in France, I'm hearing that. In, in Germany, I think we heard similar news as well. So the question is, as we now are thick into the flush, will will prices come off as people were expecting, right? And if it doesn't, where does it go from here? So I think if you talk about downside influences, one of the ones that I can think of is, I think in Asia, the COVID situation is still not under control. Right, So yeah. we're still seeing volatility in terms of whether your country is going to be in lockdown or how your demand is being forecasted for your end products. And I think that's why some of our end buyers are buying hand-to-mouth. It's not because they don't want to restock, but if you can't forecast how much, let's say, your end product sales will be in five or six months, which based on today's logistics, you have to forecast that far out, it's quite difficult. Right. And and especially if you're also exporting some of your products, it's even harder to predict. And I think that's one of the key threats we're we're looking out for. 
How about you, Bo? I mean, are you seeing anything on the caseinates and the permeate side of things? I mean, how how's demand looking like at the moment? Also bullish, like the SMP. Yeah, thanks, Bell. I think specifically for caseinates, over the past um, five six months, the market has been very bullish. I think prices have been increasing uh, higher than twenty percent, and I think it can be contributed largely to two factors. The first would likely be from the production side, where in EU, the milk production hasn't been very great, and at the same time, the weather has also played a part in that. Producers have been sharing quite a bit that they are sold out in Q1 for Q2, and that's highly unusual. So that is from the supply side. On the demand, a lot of buyers have been purchasing hand to mouth. I think prices have always stuck below the five-digit levels, and when it slowly creep up to the five-digit levels, all of them rush in, and that further adds up to the demand. Instead of one two months, now they are looking for four five months. All this pent up demand and also the additions further raise the prices, and now we are seeing it hitting the roofs. So current situation, I think most buyers are thinking with the prices is. That seems to show in the market over the past few weeks. They are looking for a correction in prices, and thirdly would be the question on Oceania when they are coming in. Would that help to ease the supply crunch and also provide the buyers with the products that they need? So that's a question that everyone has, and it's really interesting to to see how the market unfolds. So another quick question coming from a buyer. Permeate prices, Bo. What do you think?、Uh, the direction of it is going to go up, down. Yeah, for me personally, I would think it would go slightly sideways for the short term. Yeah, well, on my side for feed permeates, I would say there is a little bit of、uh, downside potential. I think it's more a correction than it is a big fall down. So I would say slight down and sideways for feed permeates. Okay, so very differing price outlook for two regions, and、uh, we'll see. Yeah, thanks for the update, Phil.、Uh, one question about that Asian swine flu because one year ago it spreading quite rapidly from China to Vietnam to Thailand as well. What do you hear now about the Asian swine flu in in your markets? Yeah, so what is interesting is that、uh, from what we understand, Vietnam never successfully moved back to their. Normal、um, herd size for their piglets. So what has happened over the last year is that a lot of their pork demand has been supplied by Thailand, who has been doing a great job、uh, keeping ASF at bay. Their controls and their sanitation、uh, processes means that they have been able to still. Rear the piglets、uh, successfully, even if demand from China might drop due to fresh fears of the ASF re-spreading.、Uh, demand from Southeast Asia is still there. Charles, what is the influence of the commodity supercycle that we currently see? We see copper going to the roof, all the metals, grains, soy, everything is going to the roof. Oil back to sixty-five, sixty-six dollars again. Is that having any impact on dairy sentiment? I think that's a very, very interesting、uh, question because indeed every commodity at the moment looks super bullish.、Um, and interestingly, as well, a lot of it is based on sentiment. If you look at copper, it's based on、um, the sentiment that the global economy is supposed to recover. Construction is supposed to come back, so copper prices are going through the roof. 
similar with grains, similar even with precious metals. Uh, we saw last year be- when COVID hit, the fear brought about record levels of uh, gold and silver prices, and then it traced off. So this super cycle, I think, has an effect in dairy as well. The funds are not as active, I think, in dairy. But then if you're a hedge fund and you're looking global asset classes and you're looking at commodities in general, I think it's affecting as well. The good thing is that it fits with our current macro narrative, right? We're all more or less saying the fundamentals of dairy are bullish. So this is more of an additional booster. But I think more interestingly for us now is to really explore what can be um, against our thesis. And that's why when we look at the prices of permeates or whey powder, and we're looking at different kind of developments in the lockdowns of Southeast Asian countries, I think those are the ones that we really have to look out for because indeed, all the factors at the moment just points towards one direction. Yeah, and one thing to point out, almost every day, the news has been talking about the risk of hyperinflation coming since US government has been printing money. Interesting fact is that 20% of the world's USD circulating in the market was printed last year. Such a significant amount just makes me wonder, you know, fundamentals aside, is currency going to put an even bigger swing on the market? Yeah, it's something to be very careful about. Is is that your bridge that you want to make to cryptocurrency, I think? <laughs> Crypto, I'll leave it to Charles. I think I'll just leave it that fiat is uh, history, you know? So uh, <laughs> if you want to price your dairy in Bitcoin, you can talk uh, about it with us. And another quick fire question coming from a, a customer. A comment was like, guys, you guys said PSG for championship finals. And uh, look what we have here, an all-English final between Manchester City and, and Chelsea. So what's the story, guys? What do you think? <laughs> Difficult one. Um, City. Well, a, a good break from Derry, but uh, my guess would be similar to this weekend. Chelsea will win it again. So we have one versus one. How about you, Bo? Who do you think is going to be winning the championship final? Chelsea. Chelsea. They? Don't watch football, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one side step, Charles. Atletico, Real, or Barca? Tough one. I'm rooting for Barca. But I think, no, I'll go with my heart. I'll go with Barca. Same here. I've got some questions from our buyers on buttermilk powder. So, Tay, um, question would be, which direction do you see buttermilk prices uh, moving into? And what's the story for the upcoming GDT with BMP? For the past two weeks, interestingly, I've sold more buttermilk than skim in the Philippines. So I think that says a lot. So overall direction is up, especially when demand is still for fairly prompt shipment and supply is quite tight. Okay, and now let's get into the GDT predictor that we promised. What do you think about the upcoming GDT for fats? Tay, what do you think? Likely to be stable down, I feel. Okay, and very quickly, Tom, what do you think about the skimmed? Stable slightly up. And Lesmana, how about the whole milk? Um, stable slightly up as well. Nice. All pretty safe answers. I know. <laughs> so um, that brings us to the end of this second episode of Dairy Spew. I hope you guys enjoyed listening in. Feel free to comment, subscribe, and also to let us know if you'd like to contribute any questions for the next episode. Yeah, we'll love to hear from you. So thanks for listening, guys, and I uh, hope you guys have a good Eat holidays.